down in Petersburg, everything's fine. All lamb cats is drinking that wine, drinking that mess is their delight. When he gets drunk, start singing all night, drinking wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Drinking that mess is their delight. When he gets drunk, start fighting all night. Knock down windows and tear down door. Drinking half gowns and calling for more. Drinking wine, for you to drink wine. Hello, this is Jacob from Tasting Anarchy. I'm doing a quick episode today. Uh, this is something that came up recently, and I'm sorry for taking so long to get this out. I just kind of wanted to get my thoughts together on each of the four wines that I'm about to review. I guess a while ago, Mason and I had discussed the concept of terroir, which is, I guess, sort of a complicated topic and doesn't and I guess depending on who you ask, it means different things. And this is something that maybe in the future our good friend Jackson Blood would be willing to come on and tell us what he thinks about terroir. Um, but if you go back and listen to episode 40, Mason and I had a Cabernet Franc that was from Buchanan Estates. It was a 2009. We both really liked it. And the reason I got it was I had a Cabernet Franc up in Northern Virginia at the Green Hill Winery. And if you guys are in the Virginia area, I think this was a great winery to go to. Very relaxing, and they had a lot of good wines. I'll put a link in the show notes page so you can see that. But through my conversations with Jackson and also a the release of the 2010 Buchanan Estates Cabernet Franc, I decided that it would be a good opportunity to sort of discuss terroir, and try four wines that are the same grape varietal, but from different regions, so it sort of will express the terroir and the differences of where they come from. Because like a Cabernet Franc, for example, that what I'm t- tasting tonight from California is not going to taste the same as one of the other Cabernet Francs that I got, which is from Italy. Now, the Cabernet Franc grape varietal, and you guys can look this up on Wikipedia if you want to get some information, is uh, believed to have originated in southwest France in the, France in the 17th century. I mean, since then, the, the vines have been cut and transported to all parts of the world. It's, it's a very popular one. It also was crossed with Sauvignon Blanc to make the very famous Cabernet Sauvignon. And it does have some similarities to Cabernet Sauvignon, but it's not exactly the same. And I think what makes it a little little different than Cabernet Sauvignon is that it tends to be, I'd say, more delicate. Now, getting into terroir a little bit. So what is terroir? And again, like I said earlier, it's sort of hard to define it, but terroir is made up of four main components. It's the climate of where the grapes are grown. It's the soil of where the grapes are grown. It's the tradition involved in making the wine, and it's the terrain. So the terrain is different than the soil because it may be the elevation, it may be the slope of the hill where it will have more or less sunlight, and then also what plays into that is the other flora and fauna that are in the area. So if you are on a farm and there's lots of sheep and lots of chickens and goats and stuff, that may translate to the bacteria that is cultivated in the area, and that may also affect the wine. Same thing with other plants that are growing in the area. I know that in France, they believed at some point um, that if you grew heather nearby, that would be transported to the uh, grapes by bees, the, the the pollen from the heather, and then that would kind of integrate in with the, the flavor of the wine. So that's kind of terroir in a nutshell. I'm going to put a link to Wine Folly on this one because that's where I learned about terroir. They will have a, a, a better breakdown 
of each of the types. There's also kind of a new thing that I think is very interesting that a lot of people are kind of putting into terroir that it's the microbes that are in the environment that define terroir. So there's going to be all these different bacteria and different types of yeast and, and so on and so forth that, that affect that. But let me go ahead and get on to reviewing the wine. So these are four Cabernet Francs that I've tried over the last couple of weeks, and all of them were good. So when I give these reviews, I don't want anybody to think that I'm shitting on any of them, because I'm not. I thought they were all very good, but some of them are not exactly what I wanted from a Cabernet Franc. Uh, and so that's why my review may be a little bit harsh is I kind of came into this thinking that I'm going to get this 2009 Buchanan or maybe the one from Green Hill Winery that I really liked. And that's not really what I got, but it does show a very wide diversity depending on where you get the wine from. Now, the first one is the 2010 Buchanan Estates Cabernet Franc. This one I thought was particularly interesting because we had the 2009 in episode 40 and this 2010 is very different. It is a lot more aggressive than the 2009. The 2009 I thought was very delicate, very smooth. It was, it was very tasty. This one is um, a little bit more like a Cabernet Sauvignon. Not quite that aggressive with with the strong tannins, but it it's pretty aggressive. It's thirty five dollars a, a bottle, which is pretty expensive. Um, if if you go to Total Wine, it's over in the other reds section. Uh, but I thought it was very good. So uh, it's the smell was very fruity, kind of like plum or dark red fruit, which I think is what the 2009 had too. The taste was where it, it became very different. And uh, this one reminded me a lot of, of red, ripe red apples. Now, as you listeners know, I'm from California, and my family has gone used to go up to Apple Hill and go apple picking all the time. And toward the end of the apple picking season, you could pick these kind of like, I guess they're Fuji apples or some sort of red apple. Maybe not Fuji because I think Fuji have that kind of waxy, tannic um, skin. But the, the kind of the, the darker red apples that don't have that, once they get ripe, they're a little bit sweeter. That's the uh, ripe red apple flavor that I thought was in this. And it reminded me a lot of going to Apple Hill. And, you know, always my reviews kind of go back to what what memory does this remind me of? And the other memory that this reminds me of is the opposite direction is Apple Hill, the Central Valley in California. And, you know, when you're driving down Highway 50 into the Central Valley and you get I guess really kind of past Sacramento. I guess you're not in 50 anymore. I'm not sure what road it is, but you're in, you know, where they're growing. They, they'll have orchards for almonds or olives or whatever they're growing there and rice paddies that they can flood and drain and stuff like that. And every once in a while, there's like these little like rundown shacks. And in those rundown shacks, they sell dark cherries. That's the cherry flavor that is in this one. So it's got this ripe red apple flavor, this dark ripe cherry flavor um, that, you know, the pick, it reminds me a lot of like, you know, hanging out in the Central Valley or hanging out in up Apple Hill and getting these kind of fresh fruits that were really good. There's also kind of a stronger chocolate flavor in this one than I'm usually used to. Um, it's more in the aftertaste and also it's it's along with baking spices, as they say. What is a baking spice? To me, it's cinnamon. What a baking spice is to somebody else may be something different, but it's kind of like a baking spice cinnamon flavor. And that so that was the Napa Valley uh, Buchanan Estate 2010 Cabernet Franc. It's good, but $35 for this one, I don't really think that's a great deal. That If you can find the 2009, and it may be more expensive now, the 2009 I thought was really great. So this is really interesting to me because just contrasting just those years makes a huge difference. And this sort of goes into terroir is what was the weather like? What was the climate like in Napa during that time? I'm not really sure. I didn't do the research on that, but it, it is interesting. So let's go ahead and cross the Atlantic Ocean, cross the country, cross the Atlantic Ocean, and we're going to go to Tuscany, Italy, where I got another 100% Cabernet Franc. This is a 2011 
It was $26 a bottle. I'm going to try my best to pronounce this name. It is Cayarosa Toscana Pergolea. That's going to be in the show notes. You guys will be able to see what it is there and try to pronounce it yourself. I am not good at pronouncing foreign uh, names. Even Italian, French, that's, that's, that's worse. But uh, this one I thought was uh, very good as well, but... Again, it was more like a smooth Cabernet Sauvignon. It wasn't what I expect from a Cabernet Franc to have that delicate smoothness. The smell was a little bit different than anything else I have smelled before. So my dad has had a lot of jobs. Now he's in the military, and, he, and he's been in the military for a lot of years. But one of the things he used to do was welding, and he had these like big leather gloves that he would wear when he was welding. And there's a distinct leathery smell to these gloves and when you're smelling this this particular cab franc there's this little tiny bit of this leathery smell in it and that's that's kind of what caught my attention on it i, I thought it was interesting there's also i don't know if you guys have ever smelled welding gloves i, I can't really it's not like the leather on a belt it's it's the leather in a welding glove and I, i'm not really sure how else to explain it when i was a kid you know that's that was a smell i enjoyed a lot and it, re it reminded me of that um there's also kind of like a mineraliness to it i can't come up with something to describe it other than like that quartz gravel but uh that doesn't that's not quite right it's it, there's a mineraliness to it that's it's hard to place but it does it does kind of stand out a little bit amongst the primary smell which is red fruit uh red fruit is you know always on red wines that seems to be just kind of standard there's going to be a red fruit smell this was more of a generic red fruit i didn't pick up any particular fruit it didn't remind me of anything in particular i would say if anything it was more underripe red fruit so tart like a tart berry maybe like an underripe raspberry well raspberries are kind of delicate more like more like an underripe strawberry or an underripe of those like pink cherries the kind that are like half yellow half red so it's more of a pinky color so that that's the best I can describe for the smell. The taste was good for Cab Sauv. It is. It has quite a tannic punch. It's sort of like licking a tea bag as as far as the tannicness goes. It it's quite tannic for Cab Franc. I, I'm wondering if maybe I should have let it breathe for a little bit longer. Each time I had a glass of this one, I would pour a glass and then use my vacuum seal to seal it. So it may have been better if I had let it open up. Maybe the tannins would have smoothed out a little bit. And uh, I I would definitely try it again, even though it was twenty six dollars and maybe. Maybe if like Mason comes out here to Texas, we'll try it and, and he can kind of give his opinion on it. But there was a lot of tart red fruit flavor. Um, just like those cherries that I said that are, that are kind of the yellowy, yellow red mixed, um, flavor. I think that's probably where this acidity comes from. It was very acidic as well, but it wasn't a fruity acidicness. It was more like a tart acidic, acidic flavor. There was also that sort of minerally aftertaste. There wasn't really any taste of leather in it, like the smell, but it did have a very strong minerally flavor and I, I can't really place it. I'm not sure where it comes from. Maybe when I have some more of it, I'll be able to place it. But right now, it's just kind of this a tart red fruit, very tannic. Um, it's got like an acidity to it that I think is from the tart red fruit and a mineraliness. So that's kind of how I would break down this Italian Cabernet Franc. Now we're going to go to where Jackson Blood told me to go to, and that is, I'm going to say this wrong probably, the Loire Valley. I, I always want to say Luray, but I think it's Loire. Um, so Loire, France, this is a 2016, it's a reserve, reserve, reserve des Vignorens Sourmur Champigny. I am going to put this in the show notes again because I cannot pronounce things. Uh, it's at Total Wine, quite a good deal, $14. Now what's interesting about this is apparently, um, 
Loire is not known for red wines, or maybe it's known outside of the United States for red wines, but the entire Loire section at Total Wine, except for the bottom shelf, were all white wines. Um, there were four different um, red wines, two of them I have here, and the two that I have here are 100% Cabernet Franc. This one was very interesting smell-wise. It was very aromatic, very, very strong smell of alcohol, though, which is not my favorite thing, but it also had a lot of floral notes uh, and a lot of ripe red fruit. I point out the floral notes because this was very, very flowery, like much more flowery than the other ones that I mentioned before. The red fruit was there, and that and that I think is just typical of red wines in general, but there was a floral notes to it that were, that was very interesting. A lot of the reviews that I read on this one said it was smooth, but I, I really don't agree. I think this was very tannic, very acidic for a Cab Franc, reminded me of a very, just a less complex Cabernet Sauvignon. It, it didn't, it wasn't really, it wasn't the Cab Franc I was looking for. So it was not bad and not bad for a Cab Sauv at all. Like I, I, I enjoyed it, but it, again, if I was to put this into a category, if somebody gave it to me to try, I would say it was a Cab Sauv or like a, not a very good Cab Sauv. It, it was, it was very tannic and, and very acidic, but not complex in the same way that Cab Sauv is complex. So, um, but it wasn't bad. It's just not what I expected. <clears throat> Other flavors that I picked up were underripe blackberries. And, and I want I have like a little star on my notes for this underripe blackberries because I thought maybe I need to explain this to the listeners a little bit. I explained it earlier that everything that I taste comes from some sort of memory from my childhood. And every summer we go to Washington State to Vashon Island to a Bible camp that's there called Camp Burton. Great, great camp. If any of you ever wants to go to a Bible camp, you should hit me up on Twitter and let me know that you're going so that I can make sure that I'm going that year as well because I don't make it every year. But it's it's a great camp, and the entire camp is just covered in blackberries. This is where I get my blackberry flavors from. Blackberries on Vashon Island and Washington are completely different than blackberries from California or blackberries from Virginia. I haven't had any blackberries here in Texas, but they're different. The blackberries in Washington are so tasty. They're just, they're, they're very, very fruity tasting. Most of the time they're very ripe, but sometimes you'll get an underripe one. And that is the flavor that I picked up in this was kind of the underripe one when you're like, you know how the blackberries have all those little beads on them. Like once in a while you'll get to one where you turned over and you're like, ooh, gross. These ones are like green or red or whatever. And that's, it's got a little bit of that, uh, tartness to it. Um, but not, not in a bad way, just that, that's what it reminded me. Um, it also had sort of an herbal aftertaste that was not bad. It was just, it was herbal, maybe like, um, like, maybe like a, a faint sagey taste. It was, it was different. It was, it was interesting, but it was, you know, again, like I said, it tasted more like a Cab Sauv than a Cab Franc to me. It's not bad, but the next one I'm going to, it, it, this one, it, is the one that really took the cake. And that's kind of what I, I probably would have picked this Cab Franc from Loire to be the best of the Cab Francs that I had in this review until I had the next one. And the next one is also from the Loire. Actually, did I mention that the other one was $14? So that was a very good price for it. So the next one is also $14. So both of the Cab Francs that I got from the Loire Valley were $14 at Total Wine. Really great prices. The unusual thing about this one, there's no product uh, direction or review or anything like that on Total Wine, even though I got this at Total Wine. And I went back later because I thought maybe I just had the name wrong and I'd thrown the bottle away. They still had them there. But when I try to scan the label, it doesn't come up on the Total Total Wine app. It's it's very weird. But um, so I have a review or I have the information from it that I'm going to link to in the show notes from Vivino, uh, which I don't think is the correct year, but this was a 2017. This one is called Metri de Chai Chinon. 
I'm going to try it. I'm going to say that that's it. This one, very good, especially very good for $14. Um, it's from Luray, France. Uh, this one reminded me a lot of that one that I had at the Green Hill Winery in Virginia, but it didn't have that butteriness, which I think is from New Oak. Uh, I could be mistaken on that, but it, there is a butteriness that was in the Cab Franc that I had at Green Hill Winery that this one doesn't have. But besides that, it reminds me a lot of it. Very, very, very delicate flavor. It is tannic, but not overly tannic. Um, it is acidic, but again, not as aggressive as some of the other ones. The acidity kind of reminds me of cranberry juice, but it's very, very understated. So it's not as acidic as cranberry juice. Maybe, maybe more like pomegranate juice acidity. So it, it's not in your face, but it's very good. Uh, there's also more of a uh, cacao, like like uh, that you know that chocolate powder that you use that that doesn't have any sugar in it, sort of that that taste, and then like an herbalness to it that was not a distinct herb. But I think that this was definitely definitely my favorite of the Cab Francs I had in this. It's for fourteen dollars. What a what a steal! I mean, you, we went from a $35 bottle from uh, Napa, which you might just be paying for Napa, although the 2009, I, I would say, is worth it. But the, the 2010, I wouldn't pay $35 for that unless I was going to have guests and I wanted to impress them with something from Napa for some reason. But if they didn't know what this was, they would think this is a $35 bottle of wine because it's great. So of the three, this is my favorite. It's it's very delicate. It is very complex. If you're in the mood for a Cab Franc, this is the one to go for. And I, and I think this is super interesting because... Both the the previous Cab Franc, which I, I'm not going to try to pronounce it again, but I'm going to say it's the Champigny, Champigny, but it might be Champagny. I don't know. But that one and this one, similar years, one's 2016, one's 2017. I'd be interested to get the 2017 of the previous one to see how it compares to this one. But both from Loire and both just so different. So you're really talking about just two wineries that when you look it up online are just a couple of miles apart from each other. But based on where these grapes are grown, what the soil's like in those areas, the, the flavor that came out from it, completely different. And and it may be a year-to-year thing too because the 2009 Buchanan and the 2010 Buchanan were also very different. But if you guys are interested in trying Cabernet Francs, I really don't think you could go wrong with any of these. But if you if you have a total wine near you, try to go for these, these ones from Luray, France, or I'm sorry, Loire, France. Super good, very affordable. That's really it. I that's all I kind of have for today. I, I think you guys should check out the show notes because some of the ideas that I was trying to talk about in this episode are a little complex, and I think that Wine Folly does a pretty good job going over it. I'll also link to the Wikipedia article about Cabernet Franc just so you can check that out as well. And that is all I've got. So from Jake at Tasting Anarchy, stay free. Start fighting all night. Knock down windows and tear down doors. Drinking Afghans and calling for more. Drinking wine, sport, you to drink wine. Wine, sport, you to drink wine. Wine, sport, you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Drink it, man. Oh, give me some of that slop. Oh, pass that bottle to me. If you want to get along in Peter's town, buy some wine and pass it around. Age runs up to 49. All them cats, they love sweet wine. Drinking wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Wine, for you to drink wine. Pass that bottle to me. Hoy! Wine, wine, wine. Elderberry. Cherry, cherry. Blackberry. Horton sherry. Oh, pass that bottle to me. Now down on Gilsby at Willie's Den. He wasn't selling but American gin. One soldier wanted a bottle of wine. He 
Skip that cat for a dollar and a dime. I drink a wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day. Wine, pass that bottle to me. Now I got a nickel. Have you got a dime? Let's get together and get some wine. Some by fifth and some by four. When you get together, you're doing things smart. Drinking wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day. Wine, wine for the other day.